has fanned the flames of hate all across this nation. Biden and his surrogates barnstorm Pennsylvania today. He will also make a campaign stop in Cleveland. Early voter turnout has been historic. Election law expert and CBS News contributor David Becker believes it'll be one of the most secure elections ever. One of the key reasons is that 100 million ballots that are already in the scanners ready to be counted on election night. If we had had any problems, if we had seen any interference with election Caravans of Trump supporters blocked major roads, backing up traffic on a bridge over the Hudson River. Stores are taking precautions. Correspondent David Bedner. Nordstrom, the major retail chain, said they're boarding up all 350 of their locations around the country in advance of Election Day. COVID cases are still rising in 44 out of 50 states. Overseas, Britain's Prime Minister briefs Parliament next hour on plans for a new COVID lockdown there. More tricks and treat. Boris Johnson revealing the night of Halloween that COVID cases here are now doubling faster than even the worst case scenarios. And so now is the time to take action because there is no alternative. The four-week lockdown beginning on Thursday applies only to England, but other British regions are also tightening their COVID restrictions. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. The chain that brought us the hunk of chunk of peanut butter love Sunday is still struggling. That's so good about CBS is Jim Crusula. Massachusetts-based Friendly Restaurants, known for its ice cream sundaes, has filed for bankruptcy. Nearly all of Friendly's corporate-owned and franchised locations will remain open, subject to coronavirus pandemic restrictions. The restaurant operator and nationwide distributor of ice cream products also filed for bankruptcy in 2011. Dow futures are up 378. S&P futures ahead 36. This is CBS News. Today, stronger immunity and better nutrition are more important than ever. That's why Eggland's Best gives you and your family more. That's healthy news for everyone. Only Eggland's Best. Charlie's management team is currently a team of one. Yeah, I got, I got a meeting, but uh, you keep up the good work. Can you fix that display for me? Did Steve show up today? It's time to hire. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. The moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined, according to Breezy HR 2019. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get a $75 credit for your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. What's in store this holiday at your local Staples? Gifts and packages shipped with care. So you can relax knowing they'll soon be there. Now at Staples, save 25% on UPS expedited shipping services. Plus, save up to 30% on select shipping supplies. Shop in store or get same day delivery through Instacart. Pack it and ship it for less at Staples. Ends 1-2-21. While supplies last, in store only. See store for details. Instacart not available on shipping services. Fees, taxes, additional terms, and or tips may apply. Delivery subject to availability. This is the 100th anniversary of an Election Day massacre of black voters in Florida. It happened in Ocoee, west of Orlando, November 2nd, 1920. It started with a white mob lynching July Perry, a black man, because he tried to vote. There are no exact numbers, but whites are believed to have killed dozens of other African-American men that day, driving many more out of town. It's definitely a historic lesson. July Perry's great-niece, Sharon McWhite, worries about voter suppression in 2020. A lot has not changed. It's almost as if it is a movie with different characters. A new law requires Florida schools to teach students about the massacre. Organizers want it recognized with an official day statewide. That's Peter King from Orlando. NASA says an asteroid the size of a refrigerator is hurtling towards our planet and may buzz cut Earth today. but says there's only a 0.41% chance it'll enter our atmosphere. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. We hadn't even heard of the product. Our mm -hmm. son called us and said, you two need to be using this. And oh, I love it. It really seems to be helping. My energy levels are not always great, but for the last couple of months, it seems to be improving. But it was really strange because our son doesn't recommend a lot of products to us. He's not like that with us. He says, you're my parents. I'm not yours. I'm not telling you what to do. But with this one, he said, no, I didn't really need to do this. <laughs> and our son is right. We need to be doing this. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. 
Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code FRUITS. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of... or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. We espouse a home-based model because uh, really it allows us to get to know the client and the situations that they live in and their family dynamics much better. Our mission is about bringing the best to the table and helping people to find what their best is. And a brand will walk beside that individual and that family to provide stability and safety. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Car. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. Cars. That's Auto Smarts. Friday afternoons at 106 cars. on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. That's a 57 Chevy. Cars, cars, cars. Sure. Hope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's care from the heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Keep it here for election coverage on a station that is first with news in Southeast Ohio, 970 97.1 FM, WATH. Starting at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, stay up to date with all your election news from CBS News, the Ohio News Network, and locally with the Road News Director, Herbert Chalker. CBS will follow the national stories, including the presidential election. ONN has you covered for election coverage around the state of Ohio, and River Chalker has your updates of local interest. Join us at 7 o'clock for the information that matters to you. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM Sounds a little better there. Anyway, um, well, it's a whole new week, and what a week it is. Think of it. Here we've got uh, elections. We've got COVID. We've got sports we haven't seen for a while. We've got relatives we haven't seen for a while. It is, it's, it's very distressing to me. You know, I, I, I'm sure you can relate out there, you folks that are particularly grandparents. And maybe it's different in your case than it is in mine. Everybody has their own way of dealing with this. But, you know, other than to wave at somebody from six feet away or through the windows of their home I haven't been able to hug my grandkids 
it's um it's just distressing anyway and then we have an election did you know that we, we, we do yeah you're kidding me no no we have an election uh, well, my headphones sound weird yours sound weird now yeah okay now maybe you're you like this one Let's better. See. yeah that's a little better Does it sound weird for you? Oh, it's much different than what I'm accustomed to. Okay. Well, I think first of all, I think someone changed the headsets in here. Yeah, I think so too. So anyway, you want your other one back? (laughs) Well, I wouldn't mind it. Okay, I'll see if I can find it back here. Okay. Um, but it's just such a different time. And we're all trying to be careful. We don't want to cause ill health on anyone, especially family, but anyone, right? Well, let's see what the figures are. The only figure here, so normally, on every day, I get a an email from either Ruth Dudding or an Athens County Alert, which gives us the Athens figures, Athens County figures. Because of a little glitch in the email system, that did not arrive until about an hour ago. <laughs> and the email system is uh, right here at the station. But I had all the other information. Um, and the only, the, I, I have learned over the, seems like hundreds of days we've been doing this, that, uh, the number of recovered figures in Athens County, that's the one place where they differ. And, um, I like Ruth's report much better. But other than that, they are, um, they all pretty match up. Pretty much match up. Pretty, pretty, any, I think I said that okay. So let's start with the world. We never do that. So in the world, we have um, 46 million cases. Now, worldwide, you've got 7 billion people. So when you look at a percentage, it's 0.6%. Now, um, there have been... Um, so just yesterday, just yesterday, 396,000 new cases worldwide. And the deaths thus far worldwide, uh, 1,198,000. And yesterday, the number was exactly 000. zero, zero. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that doesn't happen too often. <laughs> no. Um, so. So of those who caught it, 2.59% died. Okay, United States. Now, where... So in the United States, two point seven nine percent of the population have thus far had a case of it. So we got three hundred thirty-one million here. Nine million have caught it. 
9,248,506. Now, deaths, 230,703. Again, this is as of yesterday, 2 p.m. So 2.49% passed. And that's of those who got it. The state of Ohio. There were 219,000 cases as of yesterday. And again, zero, zero, zero. What are the odds of that? So 219,000 cases, which means 3,303 3, new ones yesterday. But when you blend that against the uh, population of our state, it's 1.8%. So a little less than what the nation has and so on. Now we can break out Ohio a little bit farther. For example, of the 219,000, as of yesterday, there were 3,876 in ICU care. There were 15,344 in general hospital care. Now, by doing the math, you can calculate out that 24,259, uh, whoops, no, I'm reading the wrong figure. 24,218 are recovering somewhere other than the hospital, presumably at home. As of yesterday, we have totaled 5,303 deaths in the state of Ohio. Here in Athens County, I remind you, just two. Blend all of that against that 219,000 cases that have occurred. Here's a good figure. 170,259 have recovered. Every so often now, I meet someone who has had it. We've had uh, one staffer that has had it in... Two. Okay. Who am I? Oh, yeah. Okay. Two that have had it. One um, just before they joined us, and um, but we're clear. And another one who had disappeared for a while, and now we know why. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, this weekend I learned of a couple people that I knew. Who have had it. And uh, one of them I saw in a social setting over the weekend. All right. Well, so that's the report. And we'll have more information, of course, each day at 2. So, you know, I'm sitting back in my office and um, printing off different things that I wanted to talk about this morning. 
And then I looked at the clock and I said, oh, boy, I better get up there. <laughs> and, of course, I look at the printer and a lot of the stuff I printed is unreadable. Because of, uh, well, ink, right? Mostly. So, we're going to fake it. Never. Uh, yeah, we've never done that never. before. We've always been perfectly prepared. We don't fake it. We wing it. We wing it? Yes. Okay. Um... <laughs> Hey, how about those Bengals? Yes, indeed. Since we're winging it. We had two. Um, Joey Burrow leads them to another win. We had uh, the thrill of watching Ohio State. Oh, yeah, that was a good one, too. On Saturday and the Bengals on Sunday. Now the Bobcats need to win. Bobcats, um, they play Wednesday? Yes, Okay. And that's an away game. Correct. At Central Michigan and Mount Pleasant. Kickoff at 7. Nationally televised game on ESPN. And uh, pregame, I think, will start at 6 on Power 105, our sister station, flagship station of the OHIO Bobcats. So tune in to uh, Russ and Rob. Turn down the TV. And get the real exciting action on Power 105. You know, there's a lot of people that do that. Yes, there are. Um, I do it. <laughs> even And it doesn't matter whether it's um, Ohio or... Ohio State. Michigan or whatever. They, yeah. they like the radio guys, but they love to watch it. Of course. So they'll... Um, sort of do a blend where they have their TV on, but their uh, audio will be turned down from the television, and instead they'll be listening to the radio guys. Um, it makes us, it works well for both of us, meaning radio and television um, affiliates. Yeah. So, yeah, that game's at 7, 7 o'clock Wednesday night from Mount Pleasant, Michigan. First game for the Bobcats this year of a six-game schedule. And their first home game will be the uh, following Tuesday against the Zippies of Akron at Peden Stadium. No fans allowed, no tailgating, just the players and a few selected uh, probably parents, relatives. Probably a couple tickets per player. I think maybe the the spirit squads will be there. Cheerleaders, they'll probably have to be up in the stands, social distancing. So uh, it's it's weird. It's different. But it's Bobcat football. You know, I don't want to be treated differently than I'm supposed to be. But I'd like to be there. You and many others, I'm sure. You know, I don't ask for any special favors, typically. Well, maybe once in a while. And you're not doing that right now, right? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Michael's not listening. <laughs> but, um... We well, can watch it on TV. I will. You know, it's it's not right. the same, I know. It's... People say, well, it's closer to the kitchen, the bathroom, and wherever I need to go, whatever. But it's just not the same as being there. Well, they, they have bathrooms at the stadium. Yeah, it probably takes you a little longer to get there and back to your seat, though, than it would be at home. Unless your right. bathroom's way far away from your house. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> mercy. What else can we talk about? We let's see here. Let me. I'm so instead of working from printed material that I've printed out in the hour before the show, I'm uh, struggling with uh, 
doing it live off the computer because, as I said, we had a glitch in our system this morning. Um, but there, I did come across a few items that I thought were of interest, certainly. Now, the normal stuff we do, I don't want to ignore that either. So I'm on my computer, and I'm streaming down here to get to the right section. All right, here we go. So, did you know... Okay, computer, load. There we go. Today is Color the World Orange Day. Yes. You knew that? Yeah. Okay. Only because I read it earlier. Okay. <laughs> it's National Deviled Egg Day. Yum. You know, it depends on the recipe. I have had some deviled eggs that I could eat as several more. Yep. But there's others that, eh. Yep. Anyway, isn't that true of many foods? Yeah. Yes, it is. But uh, okay. I like mine kind of basic, you know. It's Job Action Day. Okay, now what's that mean? National Job Action Day. Well, let's just see. Does that imply that there's no action taken on your job normal days? Hmm, good question. National Job Action Day is today, November 2nd, first Monday in November of every year. And uh, it redefines the opportunities in the career world. Celebrate by exploring your options. That would have a strange twist on it in this pandemic environment. Now, um, at some point throughout the year, each state has a national day, and today is ours. It's National Ohio Day. Yes, Now, this one I'm not so sure about. National Broadcast Traffic Professionals Day. <laughs> okay, folks, that's a, that's a very important job at our radio station. It sure is. And most generally, the person that holds it can be a little bit interesting. Uh <laughs> And, I, and when I think of the various different traffic directors we've had over the years, they have kind of a difficult job, and that is making everything schedule out right. And um, because there are so many special requests placed before them, they tend to get a little testy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be kind here. And they have every right to be testing. But uh, anyway, I like it. National Broadcast Traffic Professionals Day. All right. Um, let's see. What else here? On this day. Come on now. Load up. We're at the mercy of the system loading things, and here we go. You think this is the same thing? Uh, a lot of times it is, okay. yeah. Okay. So on this day, and this deals with many of the um, sort of historical stuff, if it's going to open for me. Yeah, here we go. So in 1875, Verney Cameroon reaches Benguela, Benguela in Angola from America's east coast, thus making him the first European to cross equatorial 
Africa. Nineteen seventy nine, the Balfour uh, Declaration proclaimed support for a Jewish state in Palestine. Um, 1930, the coronation of Ras Tafan Makonnen as Halle Selassie. They go on to say the 225th emperor of Ethiopian Islamic dynasty. 1949, the year I was born, the Netherlands recognizes its former colony, Indonesia, is a sovereign state. 1966, and then 1966, the Cuban Adjustment Act comes into force, allowing some 123,000 Cubans opportunity to apply to apply for permanent residence in the U.S. Well, those are some of the key ones. Now we've got famous birthdays here. And I typically turn to Scott to help me out with this. So I've got a picture and then a date and a name. So for years I've heard of Marie Antoinette, right? And uh, her birthday would have been on this date in 1755 she died in 1793 not a real long lifetime no she was the last queen of france before the french revolution well you know this is a very old-fashioned picture but still uh she looks rather attractive okay now aga or aga Khan the third, K H A N. He lived from uh, again, born on this date in eighteen seventy seven, died in nineteen fifty seven. He was the forty eighth Imam I M A M of the Nazari Ismaili region. He was one of the founders and first permanent president of the All India Muslim League. His goal was the advancement of Muslim agendas and protection of Muslim rights in India. Well, now just looking at him, the photograph I have, uh, he does not appear to be Muslim. You uh, know what I mean? Not the tra traditional. Uh, in terms of just his wear. physical appearance. Yes, he looks quite stately. As a matter of fact. Okay, James Knox Polk. He was an American president. I do know that. And born in 1795 on this date. Died in 1849. He was the 11th president of the United States. And guess what? We get another next. Warren G. Harding. Mm -hmm. Who From was born in 1865. Again, on this date. Yep, from Ohio, wasn't he? Yes, up around Marion, I think. And um, died um, in 1823. The 29th president, born in Blooming Grove, Ohio. Well, now, since I've said I thought it was near Marion, let's see where Blooming Grove, Ohio I have is. no clue, but we shall look. Okay. It is in Morrow County. The nearest city is Galleon, okay. Ohio. I'm, I'm in the right zone. Yep, pretty close. Blooming Grove. Famous deaths. We have two listed. George Bernard Shaw. Born in 1856, died on this date in 1950. Playwright. Yeah, pretty good one, too. Yes. And the next one, this guy looks like a TV show gangster. Or, no, um, TV show 
um, investigator. Oh, okay. <laughs> Willie Sutton. Born in 1901, died on this date in 1980. Oh, my. Well, you were right about that. He was a bank robber. 40-year robbery career. He stole an estimated $2 million. Spent more than half of his adult life in prison and escaped three times. Born in Brooklyn, New York. All right. Well, let's put this one away. Um... Let's see, rather than turning to the media to answer this, since a lot of our stuff didn't print this morning, let's just talk about it. So, Scott, you you watch the news a good bit. So do I. Um, We've had a far greater number of people vote using absentee ballots or voting early. That was done because primarily the COVID mess. Yeah. We were trying to get our information in so that the actual voting hours on tomorrow would not be overwhelmed with people not socially distancing. Um, it's, it's only the second time in my life I've had, I've done an absentee ballot. There was one time in the service. Um... Once again, what's your understanding? Can those be voted along the way? I I mean, sort not voted, counted. Counted? Um, That's a good question. I would say yes. Okay. Um, Just to have that part completed and not have to be overwhelmed along with the total vote tomorrow. The people that have been coming in early. Yes. Uh, has that been counted? Um, yes. There, it, it's a record number, obviously. Um, you can still vote early. Today, I think 8 to 2 at the County Board of Elections. But yes, the, uh, the numbers are big numbers in, in states across the country. So, if, if that much has been done, and we are correct in our... Presumptions. Um, Tomorrow, when we actually vote, those that haven't done the other processes, um, it shouldn't make a difference in the sense of delaying the announcements as to who appears to have won this and that. Yeah. Correct? That's that's what I would guess, yeah. Now, the only wrinkle is postmark date. Right. But um, I'm going to guess that the number that were postmarked um, today or tomorrow In the grand scheme of things, are so few that unlikely to make a difference. Most likely, yes. I, I think I've read and, and heard many states will not have complete results uh, tomorrow night. And I think, uh, according to this, what I'm seeing now, only eight states expect to have at least 98% of unofficial results reported by noon on Wednesday. 
22 states and the District of Columbia allow postmark ballots to arrive after Election Day. So the timing will depend on when the voters, you know, send them in. You know, I, I don't think I agree with that. You know, we have an election. Yep. There's a date set. Yeah, they have to be post. Yes, I, I agree. And if, uh, if you must um, mail them, then you need to do it in advance so they would be on hand by the day of. Yes. And not a day later. Yes. I think there should have been a threshold, you know, of two weeks out from tomorrow or 10 days, whatever you want to, something reasonable Mm -hmm. to get all of these votes in so they can be counted, you know, so people don't have to wait a day or two. People don't want to wait anyway, especially with the election this year. So they, they want to want to know, but you know, full official counts, they could take several days the way that things are shaping up. But yeah, I, I'm with you on that. You know, like it's always been, okay, a traditionalist, yes, we are speaking that way. But, you know, there's, but we don't want to go you know, backwards. It's just law. Yeah. You know, I mean, when it, laws were built for a purpose. Yes. And the, it was given much thought. It wasn't simply, eh, yeah, we'll wait a day or two, three days, a week, whatever long, however long it takes. Um, Remember the hanging chads yes, in the Florida course. election of, what was it, 2000? Right. That took, seemed like, how? when was it official? I don't know, a week or two later? Did it make a difference? Yeah. You know, I mean, basically it didn't. Um, just get it done you know well I as you said it's a law the election law was established for that purpose I want to I want it to be clear to everyone if at all possible on Wednesday morning when we come together here who the winner is? Who do we want to represent us for the next four years? And uh, and even on down the line, you know, from Congress, yeah, to regional, local, statewide, yeah, not just the presidency. Every yeah, everywhere. Okay. So we, well, we shall here. see. We have 59 days now left in this year. On November 2nd, 17, rather 1976, former Georgia Governor Jimmy Carter became the first candidate from the Deep South. Deep, deep South since the Civil War, to be elected president as he defeated the incumbent Gerald R. Ford. I have a picture. I I think I've just told you about this picture several times. Over the years, I have a picture of myself standing having a cocktail with President Ford. And I'm looking up because I'm 5'5". Five five. Gerald Ford was a former football player. Michigan, right? Yes. And um, he's a big guy. Yeah, he was. You know, so I'm looking up. Like I'm looking up at a light bulb in the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I 
Now, Gerald Ford, I've got a picture of me with him, and we're much more the same height. It's funny how different moments captured by different photographers. Yeah, different angles. Um, are not complimentary. <laughs> uh, anyway, we have a caller, I think. Let me get my switches just right. Good morning. Good morning. Um, something I thought you uh, might want to touch on today is uh, the situation down there with Mark Porter. Uh, evidently selling, the rumor is that they were selling out to the vape shop there next door. That's part of their property. It used to be the old Coke, Coca-Cola dealership or uh, distributorship. Like, I think they're leaving the body shop, but um, maybe somebody has more information that you want to share. Well, I don't have anything on those rumors. Um, you know, they have built some beautiful new um, dealerships very nearby and um, maybe decided this one was harder to turn into a beautiful new one. We bought up a lot of property in the last uh, couple of years there. The, you know, the, uh, what was it, Chinese grocery and then the old Maplewood there that's sold now. I think mm -hmm. he bought those properties, so I looked like he was playing an expand. <clears throat> well, I'll be darned. Yeah, it was kind of a shock to see uh, all the cars removed the other day. Yeah, there's two big prime properties right there on East State Street that are vacant now. Yep. Between the old uh, Don Wood and that, you know, it's like, man, that's a shame. But uh, there and see as, you, as you mentioned, though, the service and body shop, I think, are still functioning. Is well, that, is yeah, that your understanding? Service, but, uh, body shop, for sure, I think. Okay. But okay. I, don't, I don't know about the service end of things. Alrighty, well, I, I'd i spread the rumor if I knew the rumor. And <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I would just throwing it out there to see if anybody else knew that might want to call up. Let's see what we hear. All right, thank you. you. Bye. Sure. Um, another um, fellow that over the years has been a regular listener and... Oh, yeah. His son as well, Josh. Yes. Uh, particularly to our sports program, Kenny Woodburn. Uh, Kenny, um, I noted with surprise, died uh, the last few days. It was in the paper, I think, Saturday. Yeah. I didn't realize he was five years older than I am. It's been a while since I've seen him. It says he died peacefully at his home. Great guy. A lot of people knew Kenny as Woody. Yes, of course. Yeah, he always... he. I remember him from years ago working at the old Roberts men's shop on Court Street. And just every time you walked in, he, he knew your size. He knew what would look good, what he thought you might like. And just greeted everyone with a smile. And then uh, wasn't he later associated with like the um, food services yes, at yeah. Ohio University? Yeah, for twenty years. Okay. But every time I would run into Kenny somewhere, we'd always have a great chat. I mean, we'd we'd miss. I if I saw him at an OU basketball game, football game, we'd miss part of the game because we were talking about. It things you know whether it was related to the game or other sports or he'd say hey what do you think about this player you know that's uh, coming in to uh, play for the reds next year and we'd be at an ou football game <laughs> talking about that but we always had a great chat and sometimes they would last for half hour 45 minutes upwards of an hour just mm. just shooting the breeze talking about things he, he was just a great guy always complimentary Always had a good tease. And, nice thing uh, to say. Let's see. Was it Pam? His wife? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen her in some time, but I liked her. Yeah. But and uh, uh, they had a daughter. And then Josh, I coached him some. And Josh would work hard for you. Yeah, he's 
big big time Reds fan too. So was Woody. I mean, and Josh wasn't all that large a guy, but he would work hard. Yeah, Kenny will be missed. All right, he'd we give us a ring here at uh, Party Line every now and then once too. Once in a while, not yeah. recently, but um, let's go to our phones now. Actually, good morning. Hi, you got us all built up in the last couple of weeks of what might happen on Halloween uptown, and not a said darn a about thing. That's great. To the best of my knowledge, not a darn thing. I did hear a report from uh, River this morning that he said it. It was small groups, people were masked up, and they were distancing from each other, and none of the parties got too big. I did cruise through the air, excuse me, cruise through the area around 11. I did not see, um, I saw some lines outside of several of the um, pubs. Um, I did not, I, I saw people walking in groups, but there was no attempt whatsoever that I know of to close Court Street, take it over. And what did you think of that win yesterday? Um, well, let me finish one topic first. So the, um, the... You know, I did see some porch parties, but again, they did not seem excessive. Um, maybe it tops 10 people. So, folks, um, it seems like everybody's taking this seriously, and that's a good thing. Now, yesterday, well, Saturday, I did a lot of leaf work. Uh, along with my neighbors, and um, we made a we made a difference, but it all needs to be done over again. You're right. Um, because the the trees yielded leaves more with the the heavy winds we got yesterday. I noticed this morning as I was leaving that one of my wind socks has disappeared. Um, a Halloween type wind sock. So um, uh, I hope someone else enjoys it. Um, <laughs> and, and I believe it blew off its stick, is what I'm saying, Scott. Not that someone stole it. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Um, Someone way down East State Street may be enjoying it, that it right now. It could be in Georgia, for all I know. <laughs> could be in Coolville. Yeah. Um, anyway, they, I have many plants blow over and stuff like that. But um, that was a lot of wind. Yes. Anybody say how high it went? High. I mean, how strong? Oh, the, like miles per hour? Yeah. I was hearing 40 bigger than that but it like 39 40 41 right in there miles per hour can i make it i was out um just i took um my recycling out kind of late last night to the garage to put it in the recycling container and as i was walking back i heard a loud crack way up on the hills so i'm sure a tree um, fell down up there, and I'm I'm betting as the hikers go about today, they'll find several of those. All right, I have a suggestion. Quest, uh, do it. Uh, your sports talk show. Um, the guy gives all the time and does an excellent job. Could we reposition that? This is my suggestion for after Rivers News in the Morning, 6.30, maybe following that, let's have that sports show. Right now it sometimes comes on. It doesn't come on at all between the 8 and 9 slot. So you'd have a chance to get that into You're that. You're talking about the sports cast? Yeah, that. that. I'll, I'll ask. Uh, I, I should know it by heart, but I don't. But it would be nice to have that 
lumped right together. And then at noon, Ritter does a lot of these different sh- talk things in the morning. He does three of them, one at 6.30, one at 7.30, one at 8.30. Combine them all together and put them on as part of the noon cast. Bring back the noon epic, eh? And bring back the noon ep- epic that way. It's already there to be presented again in the afternoon. I don't know when it starts in the afternoon. Yeah, I, I tell you what, i got to squeeze Art Turf in. But let's talk some more tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. I didn't realize how late it was here. Uh, so there. Um... <laughs> Coach Turf, you took your inept football team down on the farm this past weekend to play the Engineering Institute of Eastern Industrial Organizations. Well, that's right, and boy, that is a mouthful. So what we do, along with everybody else in our conference, is we just shorten that to E-I-E-I-O. And what kind of game was it? Well, it was a fine ball game. You know, we did play a fine ball game. All our boys on offense played a fine ball game. Our defensive team did give a real fine effort, and I am real proud of the way our special teams played. They played a fine ball game. Of course, you got to realize that Coach McDonald's boys over to EIEIO, they did play a fine ball game as well. So what all the fans seen, what went down to the Barnyard Stadium, down on the farm to watch that ball game when everything was all over, said and done with, was a fine ball game. Coach McDonald's team came into the game undefeated, and not only that, they hadn't lost no ball game. I was wondering if you were able to put a dent in that loss column. Well, that's right. You know, I'm glad you asked me that question. We did put a dent in the loss column. Uh, uh, unfortunately, it was uh, our loss column that got dented and wasn't theirs. They're still undefeated in the conference. You know, they 5-0 and zero in the conference. Looks like they're going to win the conference again, and we did come up on a short end of the score. And what was that score, Coach? Well, I believe everything was all over said and done with, and they had totaled up all the night. It was 77 and 8. 77 to 8 would be one of the worst uh, losses in recent memory, Coach. Well, I'm glad your memory is so recent, because they beat us, I believe it was 112 to zip just last year. So it was a great improvement over the game the year before. Well, that's right. That is a bright spot. At the way we, way we can look at it, you know, even though they've done one the conference, uh, I believe it's not seven out of the last eight years. We did do better than we did last year. And I'll be back with Coach Turf right after this message. In the Coach Turf Show, a service of the Athens City Parking Garage. Coach, with a 77-8 loss to discuss, I'm sure you'd rather talk about the 8 than the 77. That's right. You know, eight points, that's more points than we've scored in any ball game this year. We did get ourselves a touchdown in this ball game. We used what I like to call our purple reverse chip sweep in that ball game. I have not heard of that play before. Well, it was a surprise ball play. You know, we uh, d- decided to spring that as a surprise so as Coach McDonald's boys wouldn't know it was coming. And uh, it worked like this. You know, we had the ball in the own 33-yard line there in the second half. We decided to put that play in. And when uh, quarterback third and 12 takes a snap from center, he's supposed to pitch the ball out to Needles Norg and our wide receiver coming back on the flank reverse to the left. But instead of pitching him the ball, he takes up one of them cow chips, pitches him one of them cow chips. And then uh, short as Summers comes around, he pitches him the cow chip, going in the opposite direction, then half pine Hines is going in the opposite direction, he pitches in the catch and they pitching that catch it back and forth in the backfield. Sounds confusing, right? Well, it's the whole idea. It was confusing where ball plays, and, and by that time, third and 12, he's pitched the ball out to Needles, Morgan, and Needles, he's got the ball, he's running around the end, ain't nobody knows where he's going except in the end zone, nobody knew he got there until he scored a touchdown. And you got a two-point conversion on top of that. That's right. We also kicked not only the ball, but a cow chip through the uprights. We got one point for the ball and one point for the cow chip. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, this is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Rocket Mortgage. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. It's do or die time for the presidential candidates. Correspondent Ed O'Keefe on the Democrats' plan. Joe Biden begins the day in Ohio, a state where his team sees some last-minute hope of possibly turning it blue. Then he spends the rest of today in western Pennsylvania, ending it at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh alongside Lady Gaga. President Trump campaigns in Pennsylvania, too. He'll make stops in four other battleground states as well. Last night, he rallied supporters in Opelika, Florida. We have made 
made America safe again. And we will make America great again. A lot of people have already made up their minds. CBS's Cara Corti. More than 94 million Americans have already voted in this election. About 34 million have voted in person. Almost 60 million have voted via mail ballots. And speaking of those mail ballots, more than 30 million still remain out there in the world. Twitter has just announced it'll place labels on tweets from candidates and campaign accounts that claim victory in advance of official results. The U.S. could hit a milestone this week of 100,000 new COVID cases in a day. At least 14 states have broken their own single-day records over the past few days. Correspondent Adriana Diaz has more from the Midwest. A New York Times analysis looked at the top 20 metro areas with the greatest number of new cases relative to population, and 10 were in Wisconsin. In two months, our seven-day average has increased by more than 500%. Democratic Governor Tony Evers says he's not considering another lockdown. The state's Republican-led legislature has challenged his previous public health orders. We should be pulling together instead of pushing apart. Another concern for the Midwest, dropping temperatures, forcing people indoors, especially during upcoming holidays.